0: All right, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews
1: after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But first, while we're all working hard to understand that yellow orb that appeared suddenly in the sky on this Friday the 13th. Most of us are asking if May is this rainy and cold, what are we going to get in January? We all know that June is typically a very, very rainy month in British Columbia. Well, let's talk this through and find out more from somebody who would know. We're going to connect now with Jonathan Boyd, hydrologist, a hydrologist at the River Forecast Centre. Jonathan, thanks for being with us.
2: Oh, you're welcome, Jody. Uh, Good morning.
1: Good morning. I'm so fascinated about um, how we might be able to predict what could happen here in the south coast of BC. We've seen such extreme weather. simmy has been talking about it all morning. Some record low temperatures uh, fell yesterday here in, in Metro Vancouver. It's been downright freezing cold more November than May. And the rain, I mean, it just feels relentless. Again, hearkening back to what we saw last fall and, and early winter. What, what do you see uh, as you're forecasting?
2: Oh, certainly. It, it has been a surprising spring and really one of the coldest in, uh, in recent memory, maybe dating back to 2008 and uh, 2011, where we had uh, this type of cold spring. Uh, what is also strange is not only did we have a, a cold April, which is uh, averaging about one and a half to four and a half degrees below normal throughout the province, uh, so far, the first 13 days of May have been on the relatively cold side. And then even looking into the 7- and 14-day forecast period, still not seeing any signs of any significant warming. And, of course, it will warm up as the days go just because it's, the days are longer. The sun angle is a little bit uh, stronger if it does peak through but uh, relative to normal and, and this time of year, the, the likelihood is that we'll still be below seasonal temperatures into the later parts of May.
1: So what does that mean for our snowpack, Jonathan? Because we have had m- more snow. I mean, I was looking, I was watching Global BC this morning. I saw Mark Madriga talking about it's snowing at sun peaks in the interior. Um, while we do see that sometimes, um, you know, the mountains close, but you could be skiing up there if they had stuff up there. It just seems so... It seems so shifted and odd. Does it mean that we're actually in a better position when it comes to flooding uh, once the melt does kick in? Uh, or should we be concerned and in, in preparing in, in, in a different way?
2: No, I, I think it would be uh, it, it's much worse in this scenario. This is the type of situation where we can end up being vulnerable to uh, a rapid melt where all the different layers of, of snow come off simultaneously. So the lower, the mid, and the, and the higher elevation sites. Uh, so ideally, actually, it's having warm periods for a few days in April, in May, in June, and, and just the, the slow pulse out of uh, snow melt in, in waves coming down the rivers. And where this one, um, 2022, is a little bit riskier is now we we really have delayed the melt of snow. And the the current snow that is accumulating probably isn't really changing the situation too much. It's actually just the, the delay of the melt that is concerning.
1: We're with Jonathan Boyd. He's a hydrologist at the River Forecast Center. So when we're, I just went up and back to the interior uh, two weekends ago, and I was actually quite struck with how low all the river systems are when you drive up through, you know, Hope and, and up towards the Cookahalla and over and into the interior. Every, the water levels feel really low because typically in this, at this point in springtime, we would see those levels increase. That's that slower melt. Uh, if I'm reading you right, educate me a little bit as to what we might expect. What's the concern with regard to that? If if we have all of a sudden, you know, the the switch flips and we get much warmer quickly, that melt could overwhelm our systems. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. And these colder temperatures have given the false, uh, sense of uh, lulling us into a place of security where the rivers have been relatively lower than normal for this time of year, and especially over the last five or six years where we've had some pretty significant heat in April or early May and essentially kicked into the, uh, the, uh, or the spring snowmelt flooding season earlier. Uh, so the, the colder temperatures have just delayed the melt, which means, of course, the rivers haven't been rising as, as early as they have uh, in, in recent years. Uh, what that means, though, is that the, the slip can get switched if we get uh, a ridge of high pressure. And that's pretty common throughout the spring. We'll get, uh, we'll get several of these that can last for a couple of days. Where it gets risky is if it starts to last for four or five days or even more, getting into the seven, eight, or nine and that's when Vancouver might start to get to 25 degrees temperatures and the interior is getting into the, the high 20s or, or low 30s. Mm-hmm. The biggest risk that the one that keeps me up that night is the concern about just something like the heat dome happening and happening in maybe late May or, or early June. Uh, last year, we were pretty well out of snow throughout the whole province um, when the heat dome did happen in in those uh, those final few days of June, but the areas in uh, the upper Fraser, the upper Columbia around Golden, near Pemberton on the Lillooet River, and, and the Chicot Mountains, the ones that had really high elevation snow or or of course the glaciers, the melt that we saw from those extreme heats was incredible. We were getting. Snow melt measurements on a daily basis with 80 to 100 millimeters of melt occurring and that's over several days in a row so that'd be the equivalent of course of vancouver getting 100 millimeters of rain every day for four or five days that's how fast the snow was melting so if we end up in a situation like that bumping it up and maybe not necessarily getting as extreme of temperatures into those like Mid to high 40s, but extreme in the sense of relative to the time of year. In late May or early June, that's that's where we run the risk of uh, potentially significant flooding. And it would be uh, not necessarily the entire province, but but certainly uh, the areas that are vulnerable to the snowmelt-related flooding, which is the interior, and then of course coming down through the uh, the, the Fraser River.
1: Yeah, the river systems. So when it comes to those systems sort of parking themselves over the south coast, whether it's that high pressure system or that that low that, that brought in atmospheric river after atmospheric river, are we seeing more, um, or, or I should, I guess, ask, are we seeing less of the jet stream shifting as we have become accustomed to here uh, in southern B.C., uh, where we're getting more of this sort of parked uh, either high or low pressure system? It's a tricky
2: question. I I would tend to pass something like that on to my meteorology colleagues. But the the weather itself in a one-week period or even one-month or two-month period, um, it, it of course, is difficult to predict. And and sometimes you just end up in a situation where a a pattern sticks around for a long period of time. And that has been the case uh, for the last maybe six weeks and potentially two more weeks where we're just in more of a, a low pressure pattern. And the the interesting thing is where there's low pressure in one part of the continent, there's high pressure in the, the other side. So mm-hmm. other parts of uh, Canada are experiencing some pretty pretty extreme heat. And I even saw that Ottawa has forecast low temperatures of 17 degrees over the next couple of days, which is uh, of course, warmer than we're getting for, for daily maximums. Uh, so it's just a matter of usually how weather patterns work is you have low pressure come in for a few days and then high pressure comes in for a few days and it, it bounces back and forth like that. And that's really the ideal melt situation where you just slowly, gradually melt off the snowpack. And um, it's hard to give an exact reason why this system has uh, has stuck around for so long. I think it's Unfortunately, one of those things that may need to be studied after the fact to understand what it was. Um, This year was a La Nina year, which uh, historically has an effect of a a cooler spring. And La Nina is the companion of um, El Nino, the sea surface temperature anomaly down in um, the equatorial Pacific off the coast of Peru. And we're in a cold phase state. So it's, it's just interesting that there is a connection between the temperatures of the ocean near Peru and then our uh, spring temperatures. And it's not always the case because last year was a La Nina and we actually had a very hot spring. But this has been a little bit more typical of historic uh, cold periods in spring have been La Nina years
1: Well, I really appreciate you taking my layperson's questions, Jonathan. It's fascinating to learn uh, from a hydrologist such as yourself. Thanks for taking some time out for us this morning.
2: Oh, yeah, you're welcome, Jody. Thanks for having me on.
1: You recognize that beautiful voice? The song is called Love is the Only Soldier, a new one from Jan Arden. So pull up a chair. Let's share a few pots of Earl Grey tea and a plate of carbohydrates, shall we? With one of the kindest, coolest, funniest, and most driven of Canadian treasures the newly minted Canadian Music Hall of Famer Jan Arden is with us on the line hello there
3: Jody you always give me like the nicest introductions i feel like i owe you money maybe i do from years ago but thank you for that and and the feeling is very mutual you and i have had you know the odd uh amazing opportunity to socialize and have dinners and in fact you bought me my my birthday dinner this <sighs> year and uh now now it's my turn next time to whip out the credit card i
1: look forward to seeing you soon you're going to be in our neck of the uh, woods with uh your tour you're at the orpheum on june 14th yes i will be there i cannot wait to see you back touring live you just got back though uh, how's your jet lag you you're just a couple of days into being back on North American yeah. soil,
3: right? I I was over there. I had a couple of corporate jobs, but it was fantastic. I was in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, um, Hungary. I was ended up in Budapest for a couple of days. And uh, somewhere else, I can't remember. But, you know, it was great. I remain unscathed. I managed to dodge the cocoa, as they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, But I was very... I'm I'm a masky maskerson Jody, and uh, I'm vaxxed and boosted and, and but we had a wonderful trip and it's nice to see people getting back at it and you know lots of weddings coming up and there was bridesmaids parading down the streets with their sashes and their and their their queen bee that was about to get married and and having lots of fun so it's t- tis the season
1: tis the season indeed tis also always the season for your greatest mission here we'll talk more about your tour and your show and your books and your new album and all of that but really i want to talk to you about your mission to end the live horse trade something that the prime minister justin trudeau promised prior to last fall's election uh, that this loophole would be closed can you explain to our listener what we're talking about here
3: Well, it was mandated. What it is, it's a, it's a small group of, of businessmen that for, since 2006 have been transporting large draft horses. Picture the Budweiser horses. Uh, they are purpose bred, folks. So they're not, they're not strays. They're not unwanted. These are bred. They are raised in feedlots. Then they are put into a truck, traveled for several hours, put into wooden crates four at a time, loaded into Dreamliners, Korean Air uh they endure turbulence they often die uh mid-flight they fall over of course how do you expect you know 90 horses in the belly of a plane to stand upright when you're hitting overseas atlantic turbulence uh these horses arrive in japan and then they are butchered and eaten raw for something called bashimi, which is why that market wants large horses so canada's pretty much the only country in the world doing it. They banned it in the United States, which is why those few businessmen came up and hunkered down in Alberta to continue their business, which makes them about between 20-25 million dollars a year, very quietly, Jody. 25 million dollars? Yes. Wow,
1: that is expensive. Yeah. Why Why the live piece of this? Because you're, you're not really necessary. You're a vegan. You, you talk a lot about, um, your, your love of animal, uh, and agricultural ethics. Uh, anybody who follows along on your social media understands that, but in this particular mission, this is not, this is less about the meat and less about, cause you don't necessarily tell other people Yeah, no, I, I'm eat, Absolutely, right?
3: it, absolutely yeah. not about that. And thank you for pointing that out. Um, you know, I, I, the reason these horses are shipped that way and the reason they are that size is because of the musculature and they want them live. It's the way they butcher them and they are served raw. So when you are dealing with raw meats of any description, whether it's sushi, there's a very, very particular way that this horse meat has to be prepared. And you can imagine, Jody, it needs to be served immediately. So, Mm -hmm. These horses are, you know, they meet a very grim fate Uh, after a horrific journey. uh, Horses are flight animals. Anyone that has spent any time with a horse, these are companion animals. These are animals that have forged the world. They have carried us on their backs. They've comforted us. They've tilled our fields. They've hauled wagons and, and worked for us, hauled logs out of the, out of the woods for, you know, a hundred years before they had, you know, trucks to do it. These are beings that have worked hard and deserve a place in our society and not to be treated in such a disrespectful, horrific way. These, I've been to several of the loads at the Calgary Airport, Uh, This happens, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton. Those are the three cities that it happens in. And they are foaming at the mouth. They're kicking at these crates. They're trying to get out. They're loaded in with horses they don't know. They've already endured a very long ride from the feedlot. The feedlot, they're wandering around with crap up to their elbows. Uh, No veterinary care. They're fed by a truck that goes down twice a day and spews a kind of silage uh, into these troughs. And these are thousands of horses in these feedlots. Um, so they have no lives from the get go and then off they are loaded and they end their lives on a terrifying flight. And it's not part of the, you know, the, how Canadians make their living. This is not employing thousands of Canadians, Joe, this is, this, this is just a, a handful of guys that came up from the States that have gotten away with it for a long time. Like I said, they don't do this in the United States. Uh, people listening right now, yes, they do domestic slaughter. They absolutely do that. But, you know, I'm, we're not even in that fight right now. I, I, I'm not even going there. That's a whole different thing. These are the horses that are flown in the belly of a jet. It's a 14 hour flight from Calgary, but they are in the crates often 40 hours. They're not always offloaded. And they often sit 10, 12, 14 hours on the tarmac before they're loaded into the aircrafts, which leave 4 o'clock in the morning. Very clandestine. They don't want daytime flights. They don't want you sitting on your flight going to Mexico on an all-inclusive holiday to look out your window and see terrified horses being loaded into planes.
1: So what are we doing about this and how do we help? How do we stop this Canadian practice of live horse transport, this, this trade?
3: Like anything else, uh, uh, public opinion is big, big, Jody. Uh, We have a a website. Listen to it carefully because it's kind of clever. Horseshit.ca. That's the way we can say it on the radio and get away with Uh it. Uh, Uh www.horseshit.ca. Go on there. Simple click. Simple click. There's a link. It'll take you to a page. You just sign your name to a petition that goes right to Marie-Claude Beaubeau.com who is uh, the Minister of Agriculture, she has been mandated by the Liberal government, by Justin Trudeau, to stop this trade. And what's happened now in the last few months is she is responding to people going, well, I know it's been mandated, but we'd like to look into, you know, how we can make it safer to keep shipping these horses. So the Liberals are backing out of it completely uh, I feel like they did it, you know, to get votes. We had 80,000 people sign a petition, which is huge for a government-sponsored, uh, you know, petition. Huge. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep the pressure up. People have to care. We Apathy will will kill us all.
1: Yeah. we. This is something, when you learn more about the live horse trade, and thank you to you, I have, and many of us have, we now go to... Horseshit.ca and easily click in our name address. It's not, it's not data mining. It's not sharing anything in any way. This is very ethically centered. Jodie Vance in for Mike Smith and continuing our chat with the Canadian treasure. She's the newly minted Canadian Music Hall of Famer. Jan Arden is on the line. And Jan, let's just reiterate quickly, but I want to talk about a couple of your other projects. You're such a busy, blooming individual. You never stop blooming. Uh, I, I love that mantra. But just before we we dive into other subjects, let's reiterate Ah, uh, what the end game is with regard to the Canadian government and uh, not closing the loophole on live horse transports uh, for for food in a yeah, specialty we'll in quickly- Japan.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It comes down to public opinion, but the uh, the petition showed us overwhelmingly for every person that signs the petition, they say that there's 25 that don't, that just right. they believe in the cause, but they just, you know, for whatever, they want to protect their information. There's a m- myriad reasons. Um, but I think people caring, people being aware, they say you're only as good as the best guy in your band. And this is absolutely a part of Canadian agriculture. We cannot separate it out from... Uh, Our cattle industry, beef, pork, uh, you know, chickens, we can't separate it out. These are horses shipped for food. Uh, Live export all over the world is being really looked at. Uh, COVID has opened a giant door on um, on diseases, on viruses that jump from animals to people. And, you know, this is not the time to be letting these kinds of things go unchecked. Like I said, these horses are not, not under veterinary care. We don't even know what people are consuming. And the fact that, you know, we, we are human beings left in the charge of the animals on this planet. Whatever your views are, whatever you eat, we have to do it in a way that is fair. Uh, you know, the word humane is so worn out. It's like this tired word that lays on a floor now. Because we have just, we've beaten up what that really means. And it means caring. And it means being sensitive to sentient beings. So this is this is a, a real slap in the face of Canadian ag in general, and I think it's something. It is, is a shard. It has nothing to do with how Canadians make their living. It is a handful of people. So let's just remember they came up from the states because they couldn't do it there anymore. And is that the, is that who we are? Is this the country we are? Oh, you can't do it there, but you're going to come and do it here. That's it's not right. It's simply not right. Horses shouldn't be purpose bred to be shipped. Uh, to another country. They should, just shouldn't.
1: And cruelly so. Horseshit.ca is the website that Jan has created, along with uh, partners like Wendy Williams-Watt. I'd like to point mm. out that she of the big love ball, so in, integral in, in putting together and the, the Canadian, campaign. The
3: Canadian, the Canadian Horse Defense Coalition has been, there's a group of people that have been fighting this gallantly, since 2006 and I I I am just a partner with these amazing people the people that go to the airport time yeah. after time after time and bear witness to something really difficult to see but if we if we put our blinders on Jody it's never going to change this can go away everyone can go do other things and they can figure out you know they can just figure out their lives without having to hurt something yeah. like pick another job guys yeah
1: how about pivot? Pivot. pivot. I'm going to pivot. Yeah. It's a tough one. Tough one to move from live horse transport and how that to must live, be. Live concert. To live now, concerts. To live concerts. something t- I can get behind. Jan Arden live. Let's go. We're back, baby.
3: Oh, man. Two years, over two years of postponements and cancellations. We are full-on going forward. We've sold out a lot of these shows. Uh, we, we feel like we are at the top of our game. We know what we're doing. These are such fun shows. It's such a great set list. Uh, like you mentioned, I have a new record that came out in January called Descendant. We're doing songs off of that, but we're doing a whole bunch of songs that people will know and love. I, I believe this is a really nostalgic time. People mm. are like, I want to go back to when times were easier. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to have people sit for a couple of hours, have a great time, do it safely, hear some, some music, have some laughs, and uh, and Bob's your uncle, you know, Bob's your and uncle. Uh, and off we go. But it's there's tickets available. I think we've sold out quite a bit of the stuff on the island. You have. But, you um, have.
1: You're you're that, sold that, out in Duncan, Nanaimo, Campbell River, Sydney. You got three shows in Sydney and all three of them are sold out. There are a few tickets available for Vancouver, fourteenth at the uh June fourteenth at the Orpheum and then June twenty fourth in, in Chilliwack. But I mean, you people in B C love Jan Arden. I mean, and why wouldn't well, we? Well, the
4: love
3: affair is very mutual. I've been going to Vancouver for you know, forty years now. I I lived there very briefly in my twenties. Uh, we've talked about my fishing boat excursions that mm-hmm. happened one summer. But you know, Vancouver is one of the world's most beautiful areas. Uh, Fraser Valley. Uh, you know, it's it's good people. It's outdoors people. I I love going there. I I just I can't wait to do these shows. And the Orpheum in particular is just a gorgeous place so gorgeous. to see a show. It really is true. It's one of truly a vaudevillian hall that has, it's, it's got to be a hundred years old.
1: Yeah, it does. It, and one more thing I want to touch on, because you are a selling author of Feeding My Mother, but the book that lives on my bedside table is If I Knew Then. And this is a read that I think is life-changing for so many of our listeners. We only got a minute to go here, but give people an idea of the inspiration behind If I Knew Then.
3: Well, it's about being a certain age, and I think women in particular, you know, get into their 40s and 50s, and they're like, oh, you know, it's time for me just to set my feet up on a on an ottoman and have a, a wine spritzer and just call it a day. Listen, Julia Child started her career at 50 years old. Grandma Moses started her painting career at 80 years old. This is our time. This is We are full of sage wisdom. We are full of great experiences, so let's get out there. Uh, women, women and men, everybody, and just know that you are kicking butt. This is your time. Be a crone. Own it, grab it by the horns, and go try things you've always wanted to try. Um, Retirement is a thing of the past. I think there's no, just, just keep doing, keep having a purposeful life.
1: And if you feel that you have folded up a little bit into yourself and decided over these last two years that there's nothing left to give, pick up this book, Jan Arden's book, If I Knew Then. It's finding the wisdom in failure and power in aging. It's game changing as you are, Jan Arden, a game changer. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. I love you, girl.
3: Love you, too. And I'll see you very soon.
1: Yes, you let me know.
3: There's tickets with your name on it for the Orpheum.
5: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
1: We're done. Jody Vance in for Mike Smith. Got to bring in Eric Chapman, our CKNW contributor, to talk about, uh, well, something that can really happen to anyone. Eric, have you ever had your bank or your credit card compromised?
5: No, but very interestingly enough, as you will hear in this conversation, I was recently, just this week, almost scammed. Really? I, I'll tell you more about it after, okay. but yeah, no kidding. One was through Facebook and the other one was through my regular email. So I'll share that after because yeah, this is, I, f- and I, maybe it's just me, but I feel like this conversation is coming up a lot more. As you said, Jody, people are getting scammed, their bank accounts online, but, but I haven't heard of a scam like this that happened to our friend, our former friend, Amir Ali, who is now a writer for the Daily Hive he had money okay i'm just going to let him tell the story here's amira Amir, lee sharing his story about how he was scammed and then we'll chat about after
0: so this this kind of happened over a couple days um it's really weird cuz i've been like deep into a podcast about scams um not quite related to the scam that i went through but okay so i am heading to work and i usually stop at the jj bean on davy And Homer, before I go to work, um, went to JJ Bean, ordered my usual order, went to tap my card, and didn't work. Tried again, tried the chip, didn't work. So I was like, maybe it's a, a JJ Bean thing. So I go to Choices up the street, and I just pick something up to buy it, and I tap my card, and it doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, something's wrong. So I call my bank. They try to verify me over the phone and they they can't. Coast Capital's got like some some, uh, sort of more in depth verification methods. So I couldn't do it. I had to rush all the way over to the Georgia location, the branch there. So I go in and I talk to the teller and she makes it seem like it's not a big deal. It's just like, oh, you know, maybe it's just like a false alarm or something. They put a watch on my account. Uh, Maybe there was some sort of transaction that they weren't able to identify and then she cleared my watch. No big deal. I didn't think anything of it because she didn't tell me anything. She didn't say there were any suspicious transactions on my account. All good. So I go back to the coffee shop and I buy my coffee and I go to work and that's the day. Next day... Uh, Same routine, the groundhog day, I go back to JJ Bean, do my usual order, tap my card, and it doesn't work. I'm like, huh. I do the same thing. I go to Choices. I grab something to to buy it, and it doesn't work. The guy at the Choices is like, oh, no, no, it's the machine. He takes me to a different machine. It doesn't work. Now I'm like, okay, what what the hell? So now I go outside. I log into my bank account. This is May 11th. I log into my bank account and look at my May 11th transactions, and the last three transactions were withdrawals of $256 from Kingston, Jamaica.
5: Okay, right there. What are you feeling? What is going through your head? Because I I heard of this, and my mind and heart just kind of skipped a beat and started racing because... I wouldn't know what to do. So, what's where you at, man? What's happening in your mind when you see so, that?
0: At this point, I'm just confused. I'm like, huh, what? What? Uh, like, I don't have any feelings. I'm just like, I'm just kind of bewildered. So, I don't even bother calling. I just tell my work that I'm going to be late, and I rush right over to the Georgia location again. Um, so now I'm talking to the teller. And this is when it starts to become real. So I am like, uh, I go up to the teller. It's a different teller. Um, I'm like, uh, I've been hacked. Um, There's been three withdrawals from my account from Kingston. And, And when I'm telling her this, my voice starts to crack. And, like, I'm getting emotional. I don't cry or anything, but this is the moment where I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, something bad has happened to me, and um, I'm breathing heavily. And um, before before actually going to the bank, I noticed that there were four other transactions also from Kingston about the same amount. So seven times two hundred and fifty six in total. That's just over seventeen hundred dollars that somebody withdrew from my account in Kingston.
5: Is this, are you in financial trouble now? Does this put you in a horrible position?
0: No, thankfully, um, thankfully I've got a bit of a savings. So, um, I mean, that's the crazy thing. Like, uh, I'm really lucky that way. There's a lot of people, like a lot of my friends who would be just, absolutely at this point, you know, they wouldn't be able to pay rent for the next couple of months in terms of the money that I lost. It's going to take five to 10 business days to reimburse me. And i like, there's a lot of people, I can't wait 10 days for, you know,
5: $1,800. What else is um, happening? Is, is there an investigation into this or have you learned anything of what could have possibly happened, how they got access to your bank account?
0: So yeah, before I get my money back, They have to do an internal investigation. I don't know if they're going to tell me the results of that investigation. I did do some research myself into, like, you know, have other people gone through this. And, like, I could not find anything, um, nothing nothing major anyway. It's like I remember reading something from 2014 about what technology might people be able to use. And essentially there's, like, this thing that some people can do where they – you've heard of, like, card skimming – Mm -hmm. Um, But they could skim cards and then create a fake card and then transfer the profile of the skim card onto a fake card. So, I mean, uh, maybe that was it. I'm also trying to figure out, like, where I was compromised. I don't think it was Vancouver because I know a little while ago that TransLink compass card machines had them skimming happening um, but they gave you like a, a way to identify them. And I've always been really sort of diligent about making sure that the machine I'm putting my chip into, uh, you know, isn't compromised. So uh, I have a lot of questions still.
5: Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering about that, too, in this, too, because I've been tried a, a couple times this week, actually. So surprisingly, again, this you're listening to that podcast, and surprisingly for me this week, um, I've had two scams attempted on me—one on Facebook and one just through my email—and and these emotions, like, it seems so unfair. It, it, even money aside, it feels like the emotional yeah. toll and fi- and mental toll and stress of things you have to worry about now is so much more in this than we even realize. Yeah,
0: talking about emotions, uh, the main one that I felt. Uh, throughout it was anger that there was somebody out there taking money from me, and I was like, I need to find Liam Neeson, you know, from Taken to <laughs> right. to, to use his skills, skills to track this person down. But I, I would love to talk to the person who who has my money. Um, I don't think you guys have any listeners from Kingston, Jamaica. You might. I know you guys were, you were talking, you connected to somebody from, like, Norway or someone recently. So I guess for listeners, like, if there's some weird activity on your account, just make sure you are diligent and you go through all of your transactions just to make sure it's not just a false alarm, like I did that first day.
5: Yeah, that's where I was going to go to. This is that the lesson, or is is that the the advice? You have anything else to do? You, are you looking back and seeing anything else you could have done different that people could maybe take and use?
0: That's definitely one of the lessons. Um, I know there's some people out there that suggest like there's a like RFID protector wallet you can get so that someone can't um, hack the chip on your card. I don't know how any of that technology works. Um, so I think there's just going to be a lot of like learning happening mm-hmm. from this and, and and more research in terms of how I can uh, better protect myself in the future. I do want to talk to. Like, um, I don't know if the police are the right people to talk to about like the sort of more inner workings of this or if I should talk to like some sort of security expert about how this happened. Um, But I do want to go in that direction just to get a better understanding of what actually happened to me.
5: If you have lost more than $10,000, you can report it online on the VPD website or call 604-717-3321. So there are options, Jody.
1: Jody Vance in for Mike Smith alongside my good friend Eric Chapman. And we actually had our former colleague Amir Ali on the program uh, to talk about how he had been compromised to either his credit card or his bank card, what have you. I think it was his credit card got got used and abused and scam. It was his scammed. bank account. It, it was his it bank, account. His bank
5: account somehow through a card access money directly. Yeah.
1: Right through a card, which is so bizarre. And you've got a little bit of a story because you said there was twice this past week that you had some weird going on.
5: Yeah, um, uh, this uh, I got fished actually again. I got fished um, from some other work I was doing somewhere else, and through that account, I had a bunch of emails from um, a team leader saying all this information, posing as this person in my email. So I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll, you can call me right away," and I sent them my phone number. And then they texted me, they're like, Here, here's the link to, to the meeting I need to set up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, hold on, mm-hmm. that's not right. And then just this week again, I was on Facebook and I got a message from an old friend saying, hey, someone you, I think you know this person, they passed away. And so you click on the link and mm-hmm. then it takes you to a Facebook sign-in sheet where you would fill on your password and, and address and all that and they would scam you and skim it off that. So yeah, it's happening and it's happening in many, many ways.
1: 604-280-9898, star 9898 is a free call on your cell. Uh, uh, share your story. I can tell you uh, that I put a, a, a text update per transaction onto my credit cards after a friend of mine bought something online and overnight had their credit card used up to $10,000. Let's go to Kaylee in Surrey. You're up first here, Kaylee. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi, guys. Uh, imagine sleeping soundly, late two o'clock in the morning getting a call from your credit card company saying did you just buy two first class first-class tickets to India and my well, husband said no <laughs> why right yeah. it's bizarre as well they actually hacked and they what they do is they run your credit card through for small amounts and they're approved and then they buy the big ones. Yeah. And it's just really pathetic and it's such an invasion. But we have all the securities, all of our banks. We get bank alerts all the time on any activity on our, all of our accounts uh, that are related to our bank. And it's just that's more comforting to know that it's there. But you can also freeze your accounts if something's going on, if you see something suspicious. But I know so many people that don't even check their bills. It's uh. ridiculous. The millions of dollars that are going unchecked. Because people are checking their statements. And I get all our statements online. Nothing comes through the mail anymore uh, because of uh, the break-ins to our Canada Posts. But it's just absurd that people would not check monthly their bills because you only have 30 days to check. To dispute. And if it's, if it's, if it's, yeah. To dispute it. And it's just yeah. unbelievable. And it happened to me. About six months ago, where I was, I had something on there, and I called it in. And it took. It was. Re, it was resolved, but it's just really, it's unnerving.
1: Banks are pretty good about that. Thanks for the call, Kaylee. That's an excellent call, and you know, uh, a, a reminder at the very least to check your bank statement. Banks are pretty good. At, at helping you out, but you got to, there was another story that, that just moved, actually a jumping off point. Um, when we started talking about scams, somebody had used or had their bank card stolen, compromised, uh, the wallet was stolen. And then the bank said, is your pin associated with your birthday? And the woman said, honestly, yes, it is. And they said, okay, we're not paying you back. We're not going to pay that money back because you used your birth date as your pin on your bank card that they compromised. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Paul in Port Moody, you're up next. Welcome to the show.
6: Yeah, hi. Great topic. Uh, I, unfortunately, my wife uh, had her, her her phone. And smartphone, people don't realize that your smartphone is... Uh, has a lot of vulnerable stuff. And I would just implore people with their smartphones to, you know, the passwords, you know, it's so easy to say, uh, you know, remember this password. If it's important, like the CRA, my account, your bank, do not always have to push in your password. That's one thing. The second thing I I would also say is if you lose your phone, not wait. Um, her phone was hacked. Eventually, she thinks, "Oh, ringing it, ringing it. Somebody will pick it up." No, they hack it, and then they get all the information in there, and they actually transfer it to another mm. phone so that so that they do a smart transfer. So that when you do realize that you're not getting your phone back and you shut it off, it's been transferred to another phone, and it can cause a lot of havoc. The smartphone is a very dangerous thing to have uh, a, a, a scammer have access to and they will be able to hack into it even if you have passwords even the print the print can be hacked as well so uh i would tell all the viewers that be very careful with your smartphone and the passwords the memories uh you know um uh when you press oh memorize memorize this password right right very important autofill
1: yeah Yeah, autofill got it paul good one I'm going to change that right now because I'm an autofill kind of gal and you make a very good point. Let's uh, squeeze in one more caller here. Roger in Vancouver, thanks for waiting. What what are your thoughts here?
6: Morning, Jody. One of the problems that people don't realize, it happened to me in California. I checked into my flight and I paid for my baggage on my credit card. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes later, same thing. Somebody was buying airline tickets to Turkey. The bank called me. So you have to be careful. Do not use your sign in on an insecure account, unsecure account, right. because people monitor those in hotels all the time.
1: Yeah, the Wi-Fi. It matters what Wi-Fi you're riding. I got this email, jody at cknw.com, by the way, if you ever want to email me if you're a bit shy to be uh, calling in. Roger, thank you for your phone call. My husband's card was compromised a couple years ago. He seldom used his card, so we knew it was one of three businesses, Walmart, Winners, or GM Place. We found out it, it was an early morning call from TD Canada Trust asking if my husband was in Calgary, A card with his name was being used in Calgary that morning, so the bank immediately cut off his account before more damage could be done. Great topic. Thanks, Linda, for your email. Appreciate it. And thank you, Eric Chapman.